0: Hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Couch Coach with me, your host, The Couch Coach, of course. You know, this has been uh, probably the quickest I've released another podcast uh, right after another one, I, I think at least. You know, the last one I did was with Sean. We, we only talked about NFL, so that's why I figured I had to do this, which I am going to talk about NFL quite a little bit today, but I got a lot of other stuff to talk about as well. I'm going to talk NBA, of course. We got to talk about that Clippers game the other day. Woof. Clippers, Nuggets, Clippers, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I'm going to dive a lot into that. Uh, Yeah, like I said, NFL, we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into a little bit of MLB stuff, just a little bit of stuff that I want to comment on. But yeah, no, this is probably one of the quickest times I've released a podcast uh, right after another one. And this might be the beginning of a new trend. Um, As Vanessa Hudgens said in the first High School Musical, this is the start of something new. And it feels so right to be here with you. So as I said, first thing that we are going to talk about today is that Clippers game. Whoa, that was insane. That whole series was nuts. The Denver Nuggets actually have been insane. First bouncing back, coming back from a 3-1 lead, which is incredibly hard in the NBA playoffs to do. That's like unprecedented. But they came back from it not once, but twice. First they did it against the Jazz. Um, They came back. Jamal Murray just exploded. Um, And I believe it was game six of the series between the Nuggets and the Jazz absolutely exploded, went off. Um, he outed Jamal, uh, Donovan Mitchell, which is extremely hard to do. And that's not to say Donovan Mitchell had a bad performance either. Uh, Jamal Murray just played literally out of his mind. In this series, you know, the Clippers, a lot of people had the Clippers. I think a lot of people had the Clippers having a chance to beat the Lakers uh, just because, of, you know, Kawhi, obviously, PG. You know, he was playing like Pandemic Pete. Um, people still had them. You know, Pat Bev, great I and mean, even though he's kind of a, kind of a jerk, um, to put it to put it nicely, Montrezl Harrell's been playing great, but yeah, wow! The Nuggets came back. Like I said, three one lead and won. Wow! Nikola Jokic went off. Guy had a triple double, and you know what? Let me pull up. Let me pull up that stat line real quick of the Nuggets game. Let's talk about no uh, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, forty minutes in the game, sixteen points, thirteen assists. 22 goddamn boards. He was a board machine. Nobody else had a double-digit board uh, from the Nuggets that game. Uh, let me see about the Clippers. No, nobody had a double-digit uh, rebounds in the game. So Nikola Jokic was just an absolute board machine. Absolute board machine. Yeah, he was playing ridiculously out of his mind. He's. I firmly believe he's the best center in the NBA. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen when they play the Lakers. I wanna see if Jokic is able to play D on A D and then vice versa, because they're such good players. Um I mean, it could just be a, like going off, you know, an insane amount of scoring between the two. But it's gonna be fun to watch. What we've seen this Nuggets team do has been incredible. Like I said, you know, coming back from a three one lead from a three one deficit in the playoffs is almost unheard of. That's why, you know, everybody made it, such a big deal about it when the Warriors did it. I mean, I'm sorry, when the Warriors Lost, even though they had the three one lead when they lost to the Cavs and LeBron. And you know what's funny? All this talk about three one leads and blowing leads, and it it just made me think about Doc Rivers and his career with his uh, three one leads and how he's or three two leads even and how he's blown them. So I'm gonna bring this up a couple times actually. I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna talk about the future of the Clippers and what that could look like. But first of all, let me just bring up a quick stat, um, a list in this article. It's a great article from the Ringer. Written by Kevin O'Connor. It's called The Clippers Collapse is Only the Beginning of Their Problems. Uh, it's a great, great read. I learned a lot from it because you know me. I haven't always kept up the NBA my whole life, so I don't know as much as other people. So this really taught me a lot about you know just the Clippers and how they laid out their plan and gave me a whole different picture of the Clippers as an organization. So let me just go over this. In 2003, in, in round one of the playoffs, the Magic blew a 3-1 lead to the Pistons. Now, real quick, let me let me... Remind you, all these teams that I mentioned here, the first team, the one that says you know they blew a lead, these are all teams that were coached by uh, Doc Rivers. Okay, so anyway, as I was saying, 2003, Magic blew a lead in round one, a 3-1 lead to the Pistons. Uh, 2009, round two, Celtics blew a 3-2 lead to the Magic. 2010, NBA Finals, uh, Celtics blew a 3-2 lead to the Lakers. In the Finals, again, Celtics blew a 3-2 lead to the Heat in 2012. Clippers blew through and lead to the Rockets in 2015, round two of the playoffs. And now this year, Clippers, you know, blowing that lead to the Nuggets. Now, this isn't to say that Doc Rivers is a terrible coach, because I for sure do not think he is. I think he's a good coach. Um, but I, I think his problem, they I, I, they mentioned the article here as well, is just his ability to not make adjustments. I mean, Kawhi got put on uh, uh Jokic so much later on in the game. When he should have been put on a lot earlier, because you know Kawhi is the the defensive man that he is, the claw. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they should get rid of Doc Rivers, because he is a good coach, and it's hard to find good coaches in the NBA. But, I mean, man, this Clippers team had all the ability to succeed, and they could not, and they could not. And I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that in a second. But I also want to bring up real quick before I continue to the problem with this team and their future and how their problems now can continue into the future. I just want to talk about this, the stats from the other game, and it really tells the tale of the game if you look at it. So let's just talk about uh, their field goals and the field goal percentages for both teams uh, in the game the other night. Denver Nuggets shot 38-77, 49% from the field. That's fantastic. That's great. Um, shoot almost 50% from the field. Had a lot, of, a lot of shots falling for them. I mean, it's you could always want better, but... Hey, they won the game. They got 104 points, whatever. Now, when you look at their three-point percentage, that was very good, 35% from the field, 13-37. Uh, not bad, not bad. Now, let's look at the Clippers. Clippers were 34-90 of 90 field goals, uh, 37, uh, 37%, or actually, it round up, 38% field goal percentage. Now, oh my goodness, if they were able to land... 49% of their shots, like the Nuggets did, they would have hit probably about 44, 45-ish uh, buckets on the night, which they definitely could have used. Then we look at their three-point percentage. Goddamn, that was 25%. They were 9 of 35. So that right there, I think, tells you a lot about the game and just the shooting of the Clippers was so inconsistent. I mean, a lot of people were making fun of Paul George. He pulled up open threes. He... So many times and just missed all the time. Bricked it. The one side he hit the the goddamn side of the backboard. Terrible. Terrible stuff. I mean, we go down and look at team stats. I mean, the Nuggets are leading in almost every category. Nuggets 58 rebounds. Uh, Well, the Nuggets have 20 turnovers. But, I mean, I think that kind of tells you a lot about the game just by these stats alone. The, The Nuggets are leading in almost every category. They played so much better than the Clippers, and I don't, I, I, honestly can't figure out why. There were shots the other night that the Clippers were taking, and I was just like, why? Why are you taking that shot? Either you're guarded, or or, or my question would be, there was a lot of times, too, where I'd be like, how are you missing that shot? Because there was a lot of times somebody would pull up, um, like I said before, when Paul George pulled up, hit the side of the backboard. There was a time, too, where Kawhi tried to drive in. He got, like, double, triple teamed, and he was still pulled up anyway and completely missed. It was just dumb, just dumb shot selection. Now, I think there is a larger problem with this team, and that's what I was just mentioning before, which is the team chemistry. I mean, look at, look at the different members of this team, right? You got Kawhi Leonard, who's a, a, essentially a robot. The guy has like no emotion, and that's nothing on him because I know he's had a rough childhood and stuff, but he's kind of a silent leader. I don't think he's really the best leader in the NBA. Uh, not a good leader for the Clippers. I think they needed someone with a strong leadership capability, and that's kind of not Kawhi. That's not, not the type of player he is. I mean you look at Paul George, the guy's a stale stale piece of toast. He's bo- kind of boring. His personality's not super interesting. But you got Pat Bev, who's easily probably the biggest asshole in the NBA. Guy's a jerk. He thinks he's thinks he's so tough, you know, talking all this smack to Dame on the sideline, uh, when the Clippers when they beat the Mavs. And then he was talking smack, like I said, about Dame when Dame and them lost to the Lakers. He was talking all this trash, all this trash. And a friend of you who didn't see, Dame did fire back the other night, which was nice to see. CJ McCollum, too. They're like, oh, you got space open in Cancun? You know, they're trying to make all these kind of jokes. Yeah, that was pretty funny, just because Pat Bev, like I said, is a bit of a jerk. Yeah, you got Montrez Howard and Lou Williams. They're fine players. But I feel like there's no real loud, outspoken leader. Like, obviously... For the Lakers, that's LeBron James. LeBron James obviously lead the team, makes that chemistry, brings them together. Uh, you look at you know the Bucks. Giannis is a is a team leader. Uh, Chris Middleton, you got them. Celtics Kemba, Jason Tatum, good voices on the team. You can tell they got the chemistry between them. Mark Smart always they between all of them. You know Mark Smart, Jason Tatum. They have really good chemistry. Kemba Walker, like I said. And the Clippers never felt that way. It never, ever felt that way to me. It felt like literally what they were, which is just taking some players and slapping them on a team. And good players, for sure. I mean, good players, but not players that gelled. Uh, And I believe it was Lou Williams who commented on this. I think he commented on it uh, after the game. And he said, you know, we got time to work on chemistry. But really, how much time do you have? Because this is now this is what I really wanted to emphasize when it comes to the Clippers is their future because that's what I have a lot of questions about. The Clippers traded away seven of their first round picks when they traded for Paul George. So they have no first round picks until 2028. So they essentially have no rookies. They gave up everything for Paul George because Kawhi wanted Paul George on the team. Now Kawhi and Paul George both have the option to leave the team after 2021 because of their contracts. Um, yeah, they have they have options in their contracts to leave. So what does that leave them? Let's say they, leave, and let's say they both want to leave, or let's say they, even if they want to leave after the 2021-2022 season, what are they going to have? I I don't think the Clippers have enough money to sign both of them. Maybe they might not even have enough money to sign one of them, if we're being completely honest. So what are they going to have? they got no first-round picks. They're going to have to pass by, maybe. They're going to have to scrap by. Unless they have somebody who could step up till 2028 if they lose Kawhi and PG. I mean, that, obviously that's no guarantee they might stay with the team. But yeah, I feel like they gave away so much for a team that doesn't gel and a team that, honestly, might not be good enough to make it to the finals after this year. I mean, they got exposed the other day against the Nuggets. They really got exposed. They looked like they didn't want to play. Apparently they were getting gassed. I don't know how they were getting gassed. I mean, they didn't really play that long. They were getting so tired, though, allegedly. It came out afterwards. Man, this team, what a disappointment. They thought they could just slap a couple players together and make it work. Now, you got to have the chemistry, you know what I'm saying? you got to have that chemistry. And I really think that was the biggest problem with the Clippers. And I, I really don't know how they're going to move on from here. I guess, you know, you still got another year. So this is all, you know, probably a little too much doomsday talk, you know. Clippers are over for years, you know. And that's that's definitely a possibility. Just because the West is so competitive and it's only getting more competitive. I mean, we saw, we saw OKC, what they did with, what nobody thought they could make it that far. With people projecting them to be terrible this year, and they made it to the playoffs, and they played extremely, extremely well. They almost beat the Rockets, you know. Rockets. I mean, they're they're always in the conversation, even though I don't know how they're going to do. Now that they lost Mike D'Antoni. Um, they still need a big man. Somebody. I don't know. I still can't figure out why they traded capella um, They have P. J. Tucker, but he's no—he's no real big defensive man. Of course, you got the Lakers, always in there. Now you got the Nuggets, who look like a fantastic team. They can be for years. So yeah, I just don't know. I that's with the with the West staying and getting more competitive as it is. I just don't know. The future of the Clippers. I, and that's not always a bad thing because, you know, it's, it's hard to tell, especially, like I said, with the competitive West in the way that it is, you know. But, yeah, I don't uh, – the fact that I no, I'm never a guy who likes to trade away all your picks. I'm actually a fan I, – I know the NBA is a little different than the NFL, but especially when it comes to the NFL, I'm always a fan of draft capital and getting your future built up. I'm never always a fan of getting rid of all your picks. Uh, and the NBA, I know, picks a little bit more hit or miss uh, in the first round. But still, I don't know. I think you always got to build that foundation for the future, man. Uh, the NBA is weird. So this is a weird conundrum, actually. I just want to bring this up. This is a weird conundrum paradox thing that I have with the NBA where, like, you know, you'll trade away picks or you'll trade away trade away a rookie that you have who's maybe not playing at his best talent. Like, so, for example, it's Lonzo Ball. Now, I'm not saying – and Brandon Ingram. And maybe D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell is actually a better example, I think. Now, D'Angelo Russell is not – the best player in the nba by any means he's talented for sure but for example this is now this is just going to be a hypothetical argument here let's say D'Angelo russell you know he's bounced around between some different teams let's say he goes to a team gets hot becomes insane because you know a lot of basketball players hit their hit their prime you know 28 29 30 31 whatever 32 hit their prime let's just say for for the sake of argumentation that that happens D'Angelo russell becomes an absolute beast Okay, he was on the Lakers, he went to the Nets, right, so the Lakers got rid of him when they got Lonzo, and then they went on and got rid of Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, their two young guys, for LeBron James. When LeBron James wanted AD, they got rid of, you know, Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. Now, let's say Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, again, for the sake of argumentation, they start to heat up and they get really because Brandon Ingram I do like, Lonzo's not that great, but Brandon Ingram I like. Let's say that they start to become really solid and they become superstars. It's so weird to me because then other teams want a superstar and like will trade for that, but they could have had that superstar if they just waited for their young guys to develop, you know, trust the process, all that. So that's something to me that's like weird with the NBA. Like In the NFL, you see a lot of letting your rookies develop and grow up. And I guess it's a little harder in the NBA just because players come out of the first year of college where in football you have to at least do three years. You usually get guys that are a little bit more experienced in football that a plug in right away. But, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's always been a weird thing to me. Like, why would you trade away a young guy who can develop and be really good for you in the next few years? You trade him away, and then he becomes really good on another team, and then you want a superstar like that. I I just don't. And then you trade your young guy for that superstar, and then, like, it, the cycle just rinse, wash, and repeat. So that's always a problem I've had with the NBA, and just something I think about sometimes. Now, honestly, this could be coming from me, who's, you know, like I said, not super versed in the NBA, and just the history, and all the players, um, but yeah, no, that's just something I've, I've, I've thought about a lot, and I've actually never, I feel like I've never, I, I have brought it up to friends before, but I'm glad I mentioned it on here, because if anybody has an, a thought on this that you want to bring up, uh, feel free to tell me your, your response, and your, give me some feedback on this, but yeah, I don't know, it's just a problem I've always had with the NBA. I guess real quick, I'll mention, I might as well, since I'm talking NBA and NBA playoffs, I might as well talk about the Heat and the Celtics uh Car- Kemba Jesus Christ can the guy put up more points than like 6 it's terrible oh my god he's i, I think he's averaging 12 points a game i want to say i think it's something like that he's been so so not i, I don't even want to say bad but s- not doing anything he's just been so I-, I don't even know i don't i don't i don't want to say invisible cuz i feel like that's not a good word for it just not a factor. There you go. Not a, he's not been not a factor. He's been a non-factor this whole time. I mean, like, Jason Tatum's doing well. Mark Smart's been playing really great. I actually feel like, uh, you know, the Toon Squad from Space Jam, uh, Mark Smart got a hold of that basketball, took Kemba's powers, took Kemba's abilities, just sapped that, sap that stuff right away and gave it to himself. Not to say Mark Smart is bad either. Just Mark Smart's playing as mine, and Kemba's getting, like, five points a game. It's terrible to watch uh but the Boston Celtics are a fun team. They definitely have a chance to go. I think no matter what they're going it's going to go to game 7 between the Celtics and the uh Heat cuz the Heat Jesus Christ, are they playing out of their mind, right? They're they're, they're no pun intended here, but the Heat are hot. The heat are really hot. Jimmy Butler is playing out of his mind. I it was at the end of the game the other day in the, in game 1. Jimmy Butler did like a nice like move in the paint. And uh, I think he got an and one for, it, and he made the bucket. And it was like insane. It was like in clutch time. I think it was to put them up by. It would so if if it was just a bucket without the foul, it would have put them up by one. But he got the he got the foul charge on him, and he, they went up by two. Um, with like no time left, no time left, and bam out of bio. Oh my god, that block that block was something else. That block was something else. Now you know they call him they call him Bam. That's actually his name though. So. But yeah, it's a good name for him because he stuffed Jason Tatum. It was almost an in, insane poster by Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum went up and looked like he was about to yam that big bad Larry into the net. But Bam was like, "Nah, nah, I'm not ended up. I'm not ended up on Sports Center because I was postered. I'm ended up on Sports Center because I'm gonna stuff you. I'm gonna take that ball right out of your goddamn hands and I'm gonna seal this game. And that's exactly what he did, and it was incredible. And I love watching the Heat because they're so much fun." And I feel like nobody had this expectation for them, which is really cool too. That's why I like okay, – it was fun watching OKC too because I, I love when nobody has an expect, a high expectation for a team and they still like perform super well. That's so much fun. So much fun. But yeah, Heat, Celtics, it's probably going to go to game seven. Um, we'll see. It depends. If, hopefully, hopefully, Kemba finds a way to heat up. If Kemba finds a way to heat up and he could play as hot as Mark Smart has and like Jason Tatum – they're they're probably going to win the series but if the heat can keep that momentum and everybody plays at the caliber that they are playing at right now wow imagine if the heat went to the finals they could they really could they be i mean they won game 1 who's to say they can't win three more games right so we'll see though we'll see i would love this is just i don't this is not going to happen cuz i don't think the nuggets are going to beat the lakers but if the nuggets win and the heat win imagine a nuggets heat finals like who would have thought actually who would have thought People were thinking, you know, Bucks, Bucks, Lakers, Bucks, Clippers, um, but uh, damn, What is like Heat Nuggets. That'd be insane. I don't. That's not gonna happen though. Pro- it's probably gonna be Celtics, Lakers. I hope something insane happens. Oh, this is a good question actually. If the Nuggets are able to beat the Lakers, does that take away uh, from or does? Does that take something, I guess, away from the Clippers in the sense that? Actually, hold on. Let me rephrase this. Does it give the Clippers a little bit more credibility for why they lost? Does it make it a little bit more reasonable and not as like, oh my God, the Clippers lost to the Nuggets that so they should have easily won because they blew a lead? If the Nuggets win against the Lakers, I think that adds some credibility, right? I think that, I think that adds some reasonableness to why the Clippers lost because you're be like, all right, well then the Lakers lost with LeBron and AD and they're obviously the best team. That makes sense. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I Like I said, I, the Nuggets are probably going to win. Nuggets are probably going to win that. Um, wait. No, I'm sorry. The Lakers are probably going to win that. Yeah, sorry. That was, See, that was – imagine if I was right. I just said that by accident. Um, but maybe, I, maybe I get it right. Who knows? Who knows? That's my bold take. Nuggets win. Nuggets in four. No, it's like, I'm kidding. Probably Lakers in six. Or maybe even Lakers in five, to be honest. It could just be Lakers in five. I hope the Nuggets at least get a win. It's not a sweep. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see if playoff, playoff Braun comes to play. We'll see if AD comes to play. Should be a whole, whole lot of fun to watch. But I think that's enough NBA. It's enough NBA. Let's, let's hop on over to the NFL. I want to talk about the NFL. And uh, I think what I'm going to do is just, this is just because it's week one. I'm not going to do this every week. But week one, there were a whole lot of storylines for a lot of different games. And there's a lot of stuff that me and Sean talked about that I want to kind of bring up again and retouch on especially when it comes to the Panthers and the Browns. Got to mention that because me and Sean talked about that. And yeah, thoughts and opinions might be changing a little bit, at least for one of them. Guess which one it is, you'll have to see. But let's start talking about some of these NFL games, some of their storylines. I'm, pro- I'm going to talk about most of the games, at least for a little bit. And I'm just going to do a quick, brief talk about my opinions for a storyline or a narrative uh, from most of the games. There's some where I was like, eh, you know, like, Steelers game, eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's get right into it. So I guess the first uh, game that I'll talk about has got to be the first game of the NFL season. That's the game with the Chiefs and the Texans when they played each other. Now I didn't really expect big things from the Texans. Um, obviously, they lost DeAndre Hopkins. I think Bill O'Brien kind of doesn't know what he's doing. They traded, you know, DeAndre Hopkins at a pick for David Johnson. Right, washed. Guy can't stay healthy. He's really not that good. He used to be an animal, but yeah, he's not what he used to be. Really though, I, I'm not necessarily don't want to talk about the game because there's not much to talk about when it comes to the actual game. I think everybody kind of knew the Chiefs were going to win. I was kind of hoping the Texans did just because Chiefs are my division, but I, I knew the Chiefs were going to win. Um, but yeah, that's that's not what I want to talk about. Really, what I want to talk about is what happened before the game because that's what a lot of people were talking about. Um, for those of you who don't know, Chiefs stayed on the field for the National Anthem, Texans stayed in the uh, locker room, but when the National Anthem was over, they had a moment of silence and a moment of unity that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes came together, they came up the idea. Came up with the idea together. And it was like, players from both teams, they all like locked arms and faced each other and had, like I said, a moment of silence. Um, and they were boos a little bit, so I didn't hear it actually when I watched it the first time. I did not hear it. But I went on Twitter, and I saw people were like, whoa, they're, they're booing, they're booing. And I watched some videos now. I don't know if it, you just had to crank up the volume. Um, maybe I just didn't notice it the first time. If it did happen, if it didn't happen, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it did happen. I just didn't hear it, so that, that's my bad. It's my, my bet on that. But, yeah, I mean, this was a lot of talk, and people were complaining about it, and this and that. And there were some, not really arguments on Twitter, but people were complaining about you know the fans in general. Uh, and I actually kind of agree with what people were saying. I, I didn't really see any reason to boo. I actually thought you know, Deshaun Watson I think said it after the game, um, or maybe it was maybe it was Patrick Mahomes or it was one of them one, one of the maybe maybe it was Travis Kelsey because I know they all commented on what happened. But to be completely honest, I I thought it was good. They separated themselves from the national anthem, um, which is what people usually have the biggest problem with is that they you know people say that they're protesting the national anthem by kneeling and not respecting the flag of the military of the country. And I think they did a good job of trying to get away from that and showing people, hey, it's not about disrespecting the country. It's about something else. Um, so I, I was I was on board with it, and I thought it was nice. It was a moment of silence. Cause some people to boo, I mean, come on. Seriously. Now, it might not have been the whole stadium because it didn't sound like the whole stadium, in my opinion. Um, it's just that there were probably a lot less fans there, so a handful of them were probably booing. And it just sounded a lot louder because, like I said, you know, there are not many fans. If, if the stadium was full, you probably wouldn't have heard as many boos, I personally think. I would hope not. Jeez. But, yeah, no, I, I just don't really see why there was a reason to boo in that in that situation because they weren't disrespecting the flag or anything. They were just standing up for something that they personally thought. And it's hard, it's hard for me to say you can't do that because I don't know how they grew up and what their childhood was like. Like, I was reading a fantastic article actually written by Josh Jacobs about his childhood and how you know when he first started running it was when uh he was getting shot at and he had to run through people's backyards and he ran for 10 blocks full speed and full sprint i never had experienced that thank god i didn't but there are people who there are kids who have to experience that and i think i'll never know what that's like um and yeah i i I, that's why it's kind of hard for me i personally believe to comment on it um in the way that, you know, to, to condemn them. Because like I said, you know, I don't really know. But I think they did a good job. I I was kind of on board with it. Like I said, it they weren't trying to disrespect fl- the flag at that moment. And they, they weren't because there was no flag, no national anthem being played. It was just the players just having a moment of unity um, together, standing up for what they believe in. And I, I was down with it. So yeah, I, I kind of, I could and could not believe that people were booing. I, I'm I, Part of me didn't want to, uh did does want to be surprised but that's that's what i'll say yeah part of me did want to be surprised but i i kind of wasn't i kind of figured that was going to happen but yeah um no i didn't really pay attention to what happened during the other games but i didn't really hear anything about it either uh, i know some players kneeled some players some teams didn't come out to the locker room some players stood i one thing i will say uh the on twitter there was an image going around of Jared Goff standing and all of his players kneeling around him. Somebody was like, oh, this is this is all you need to know. In reality, I mean, there were other players standing and there were other players kneeling, and they were all supporting of each other. It's just some of them decided to stand, some of them decided to kneel, but they were all in support of the same goal and the same idea. So, yeah, just don't always listen to what the media says is kind of what, I, what I'm, where I'm going with that. Um, don't listen to people who try to spread their ideals on Twitter and stuff when, you know, they, they kind of bend the picture or bend the information a little bit. But, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, just to go back to the Chiefs, I, I was on board with that. I, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. I didn't see a reason to boo. But that's just me personally. I know other people might feel different about it, and that's all right. But that's just me personally. I'm just sharing my feelings on that. All right, so let's move on. I'm just going to go down. I, I wrote a whole list of the stuff I want to talk about uh, for these games. First I want to talk about is Adam Gase. God, that guy needs to be fired and fired ASAP. First of all, I don't even know why he got a job in New York. Okay, the guy coached a team, a Dolphins team that was like four and twelve, I believe, when he got fired. It was oh my God. Why would you want that guy? I don't even know if I'd take him as a coordinator. Might as well a head coach. And the Jets signed him as a head coach. He was going he signed Le'Veon Bell. He didn't even want him. He was gonna get rid of Le'Veon Bell. He made Jamal Adams want to leave, which Jamal Adams was kind of at fault with that too. If you're curious to what me or my friend Sean thought about that, just go on back to our former podcast where we talked about Jamal Adams. Uh, it, was about one, it was about the three podcasts ago. The th- yeah, I think it was like the third one ago that we did. So three podcasts back, and th- that's the one. But, yeah, he made Jamal Adams want to quit. I mean, who would want to sign with the Jets at this point? They suck. You know, I guess there, some stuff is out of their control. Like CJ Mosley got hurt. But, I mean, if I was a player, I don't think I'd want to sign with the Jets. Come on, you got Adam Gase as your coach. The owner really isn't that that great of an owner either. Yeah, I I just don't know how Adam Adam Gase has a job. If I was the owner or the GM of that team, if I was the owner, actually, I'm sorry, the owner, I'd be down there uh, firing Adam Gase immediately, not even wait until the season ends. He's getting fired immediately. They have talent on that team. Now, it's not the best team in the league, all right, but they're good enough to be at least average to be at least average and compete with their division. Now, they're not going to be able to compete with the Bills, I don't think, because the Bills are just really great on defense and offense. But when it comes to the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots aren't what they used to be. I personally believe they almost, they came kind of close to the Dolphins. And I mean, I'll get to that too, but they came kind of close to almost losing to the Dolphins. It was, it it was close. Uh, And then the Dolphins, obviously, are in a rebuilding stage. So the Jets have, have weapons. They have, you know, Le'Veon. They have Sam Darnold. They had CJ Mosley. I mean, they had Jamal Adams. They had a lot of pieces and they, you know, two of those pieces, one left, one's hurt. That's Sam Darnold, got Le'Veon. Le'Veon's just down to an average back. And that, that's that's a testament to the coaching, too, as well. It's a testament to Adam Gase's. How do you take Le'Veon Bell, who was once regarded as the best back in the league, to now just being an average back that's kind of been forgotten? I know he might have done that to himself a little bit, too. I mean, with that whole contract holdout. Uh, he probably... Some people probably forgot about him in that time because a lot of backs blew up around then. Like Alvin Kamara blew up. I mean, uh... James Con- Connor, yeah. He blew up because that's when he took over on the Steelers. Yeah. So there were a lot of backs that blew up then too and I think people's attention kinda shifted off Le'Veon to the to the new young exciting backs in the league. But still, I mean, you got Le'Veon, who's a guy who knows how to really run the football, who knows his vision is incredible. He's a really patient runner. He's such a unique runner because he's really is patient for when there's an opening. And he really does this thing where he, like, pauses, finds it, and then he's gone. It's so impressive to watch. It's so fun to watch. And the fact that you're not using him the right way, and you're not really – he's not doing exceptional things on your team is really just uh, – like I said a testament to the type of coach that Adam Gase is which, which is a terrible coach and he should be fired. He should be fired immediately and if he's fired he should never get a job in the NFL again. Maybe maybe as a coordinator and that's a big maybe. I, I wouldn't even if I was a, an owner I would not sign him as a coordinator. Not at all. What would you even make him a coordinator of? How how not to how not to suck as a coach. It's the only job he'd be good at, right? Teaching people how to not suck as a coach, because all he'd have to tell them is, look at what I did, and uh, do the complete opposite, right, so yeah, Adam Gates, no, no, he should be gone, uh, Aaron Rodgers, wow, did you see that Packers game, my my man went off, and I think he was a little pissed because of the uh, front staff of the Packers, the GM and all them, and the scouting teams and all, and the uh, draft that they had, which mind you, was probably one of the worst drafts I've ever seen, being uh, Julian Love, uh, they got a running back in the second. Uh, his name escapes me now, uh, but I know they got a running back in the second. They went out and they got uh some tight end as well, like dude. And they the tight end they're making him a fullback. They're making him a fullback. Oh my god. Um, here, AJ Dillon, I that's that's who they got, I believe. Um, in the draft this year, and they already have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Two fantastic backs. Literally, two fantastic backs. So, yeah, I just don't know what they were doing. And if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd be pissed because they didn't even get a wide receiver. And that's the one thing everyone said that Aaron Rodgers needed. And that's the one thing that I thought that they were going to grab first round right away. No, they went truly in love. So, I think Aaron Rodgers felt a little disrespected by all that. And he was a little pissed about that. So, here, I'm just going to read you a stat line for that game because it was pretty incredible 32 of 44. He threw for 364 yards. Is uh, four touchdowns, three hundred. He had almost four hundred yards and four touchdowns. QBR ninety-two point nine, really solid, and a quarterback rating of no uh, passer. Excuse me, passer rating of uh, one hundred and twenty-seven point five. Guy had a day. The guy had an absolute day. He completed almost all of his passes. Only twelve short of completing them all. So that's really not bad considering he threw forty-four goddamn passes. 364 yards, my God, he was slinging it. Look at Devontae Adams. I mean, let me tell you his stats too real quick. 14 receptions, 156 yards. The guy's back is killing him from carrying the team on it. Now, I will say, though, uh, Marquise Valdez-Scantling uh, had 96 yards, which is really solid as well. But, man, this team, uh, they're, they're, their defense is fun to watch as well. They have a great defense. Adrian Amos, um, Kenny Clark, right, they, they Jair Alexander is always fun, always fun to watch, yeah, so, uh, Kevin King, too, Darnell Savage, it's, it's, uh, oh, I forgot they got Darnell Savage, that's right, yeah, they do have Darnell, Savage. Darnell Savage is really good, um, so, yeah, it's a great team, and, man, I, so, I did not have high, high expectations of the Packers, if you watch my last pod, you'll remember, I think I actually said, I, I, I pro- projected them to be in last, or second to last, that's kind of changed now, especially if Aaron Rodgers plays like this. Because man, the guy was playing literally out of his mind, incredible, incredible. And I, I've always liked Aaron Rodgers. I've always loved the type of passer he is. Now I don't like his personality because I think he's a bit of a, a bit of a jerk to put it nicely. Um, he never seems like he's a, f- not, a f- not a not a, not a fun guy to hang out with. I wouldn't say he, he just seems like he's not. Just, it's so easy to be to rub him the wrong way. That's what it seems like. Like he doesn't want to be deal with anybody. Which I maybe I get. You know, if you're that famous. But yeah, he always seemed like kind of a jerk, a little arrogant. Yeah, i have never been a big A. Rod fan personality wise, but big big fan of him play wise. He is one of the most skilled quarterbacks I've ever seen. Him and Drew Brees are probably some of the best talent quarterbacks I've ever seen. And that, that's the difference when people say Tom Brady's the best quarterback in the league. In my opinion, because I think Tom Brady sure has the the stats and the history being, you know, his Super Bowls and all that. But he just flourished in a system that really suited him because he is somewhat of a system quarterback, in my opinion. And I'll get to Tom Brady in a little bit. But I think Tom Brady's always been a system quarterback. He loves the dig and dunks. He does the dig and dunks all the time until someone's open deep. He just flourishes in the system. And Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches of all time. He's had some great offensive coordinators on his team. So... Aaron Rodgers though and Drew Brees they're just pure talent. They just squeeze that ball into the tightest windows. They move. They make plays. They're literal, They're literally playmakers. Where Tom Brady kind of just sits there, tosses it around, does little digging thongs till somebody's open. That's just my opinion on that. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers so fun to watch. Can't see. Can't wait to see what he does in this revenge tour of his that he's got right now. Moving on to an absolute shocker. Now it was a shocker for me, but it wasn't a shocker for Sean Courtney, who actually thought that the Washington football team, yeah, the team with no name, that they would beat the Eagles. And let me tell you what, he got that right. I did not see this coming. Washington won 27-17. to Like, oh my goodness, who actually saw that coming? The, the, let me read you the stats. Hold on, let me see. Oh, man, this is just rough. This is just rough. the 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 only receiver. Oh, this see, this is why, and I, I think I'm gonna kind of use this to talk about Carson Wentz, and my opinions on Car- Carson Wentz and the type of player that he is. So first of all, Dwayne Haskins, I'm so happy he's succeeding, and I think he's a player that fits the system of um, Ron Rivera almost better than Cam Newton, just because I think Dwayne Haskins is a similar similar big body quarterback. He's like really, really big guy who can throw the ball. Uh, it's kind of like, like people say Cam Newton's mobile. Cam Newton is mobile. I've always seen Cam Newton being more of a power back quarterback, if that makes sense, rather than a elusive back quarterback, like I would consider, uh, Lamar Jackson. But yeah, Dwayne Haskins, uh, did extremely well. Well, good enough, better than some people probably expected. Uh, yeah, he went 178 yards for a touchdown. Not bad. I Actually, I'm just looking at these stats. I don't know how they won this game. This must have been a really a lot of defense in this game. Because they have no rusher over 40 yards, which is insane. I think... Yeah, this is Peyton Barber. Yeah, Peyton Barber. I mean, Peyton Barber rushed for 29 yards. 17 carries for 29 yards. He's av- Oh, my God, dude. Average 1.7 yards a carry. Jesus, that is pretty terrible. But he had two touchdowns, that's why. Uh, yeah, so they were, they were moving the ball all right. Uh, they're not going to have a great season, but... Happy to see them win, I guess, because they not because of their owner. Like I'm not happy that the owner is probably happy, because um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of his, of uh, Dan Schneider. Not a big fan of Dan Schneider, but I am a fan of Ron Rivera of Jack Del Rio, uh, former Raiders alumni, Jack Del Rio, former head coach, uh, and I like doing. I like Dwayne Haskins. I feel like last year, in the past, he's kind of been. Uh, not cheated, but I feel like he's never been given a good enough shot to play to his abilities. Um, you know, they had Alex Smith. Alex Smith got hurt, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like they never, they never gave Dwayne Haskins a real shot. And last year, he was really suffering just because that system that he was in really did not fit him. They were not using him correctly. But yeah. So, Eagles, let's talk about them because I know Eagles fans are always complaining about Carson Wentz. It's always the first thing they want to do is complain about Carson Wentz right there, all the time. All the time. when They lose when the Eagles lose. It's, oh, Carson Wentz. Oh, Carson Wentz sucks. We need Nick Foles. We should have never let Nick Foles go. Like, dude, come on. Come on. Now, let's look at Carson Wentz's stats. I mean, he was 270, not bad. Two touchdowns, two picks. That's rough. Those two picks are rough. He had a QBR of 14. That's pretty terrible, actually. And uh, passer rating of seventy two. So, so, yeah. I guess really not the best state for him. But I mean, look what the help he had. I mean, Dallas Godare, eight receptions, one hundred yards. That's pretty. That's really solid. Actually, their tight end though. It sounds like the Raiders, dude. Last year or the past couple years with the Raiders, dude, they're the only people making plays with their tight ends. Like we had Jared Cook, tight end. That's it. That's all he got. Their next receiver had one reception, fifty five yards. That's really solid. That was their rookie, Jalen Rigor. J- <laughs> I, I, when it comes to Jalen Rigor, look, he's he's not bad. He's really not terrible. A solid pick for sure. But I think there were, was better talent available. I mean, you got the other people that were chosen after him. You got Justin Jefferson. There was Brandon Ayuk, who's solid. <clears throat> T. Uh, T. Higgins. All right, I don't. I don't really like T. Higgins, but Lavisca Chenault, I like a lot. If anybody knows, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a big fan of Lavisca Chenault. K.J. Hamler's really not bad. So I just don't know if that was the best uh, best pick for them. I think they should have went with like maybe Justin Jefferson. Even Brandon Ayuk would have been solid. But, yeah, no. I, it's just the, the wide receiver, and they're always hurt. They're literally always hurt this Eagles team, and that's the biggest problem with them. But Carson Wentz has nobody to throw to, and that's what I mean. Like, what what's the guy supposed to do? Seriously, he's got nobody to throw to. I mean, he's got Deshaun Jackson, who's probably washed. Zach, Zach Ertz is a great target for him, Dallas Coderre, but Zach Ertz only had 18 yards. It's just, what do, you, what do you even do? What do you even do if you're Carson Wentz? I don't think he should be getting this much of the blame. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think, had the, one of the best years of his career last year. Let me see if I can pull up the stats real quick for his season last year. So, yeah, in 2019, I mean, he threw for the most yards he ever threw in his career, 4,039. The closest he ever came was his rookie season when he threw 3,782. But, yeah, 4,000 is really solid. Uh, When it came to touchdowns, 27. uh, He's had 33, but 27 is still a big jump up from 2018 where he kind of dipped in progress a little bit. Interceptions, only 7. That's real good considering 27 touchdowns. That's real good. I like that. So, yeah, I mean... Completion percentage as well, sixty three percent, not terrible. And he had no no wide receivers last year. I don't. I think he was. I think the Eagles they were the only team without a receiver over a thousand yards. Cause just because he had to throw to so many different people, so I, I never think that Carson Wentz should get that blame. I get it. People thought he was overrated. I mean, people kind of treat Dak Prescott in the same way. I think they treat Carson Wentz is that, uh, you know, people always say Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, that aren't as good as people thought they were. They were overhyped. Now they're not good. They're trash. They're they shouldn't be starting. I think Dak Prescott deserves the criticism a little bit more just because of the talent he has, but he has been doing better now that he has someone like Amari Cooper, who, listen, I don't think is that good, but hey, he's got Amari Cooper, even though they did lose the other day, but yeah, I mean, they have Amari Cooper, they have solid wide receivers, they, he has Zeke, Carson Wentz, dude, has like no one, no one anymore to throw to besides Zach Ertz and Dallas there. So yeah, I just don't think Carson Wentz deserves all that blame. You got to look at the stats. You really got to look at it. The... Now I'm not a big stack guy all the time, but I think in the case of Carson Wentz, for sure, you got to respect the stats and respect the man's game because, like I said, he's really not playing with a healthy or good Eagles team. Uh, it's gonna be easy for them to win the division if they want to. It, it always has been. Their real competition is always gonna be the Cowboys in that division because the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins did win, so hey, maybe maybe the Redskins are <laughs> not the Redskins. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, I didn't mean the Redskins. There obviously it's not the name anymore. Just just a habit, just a habit. The Washington football team. So they, I mean they beat them. So maybe they're going to be a threat this year. I mean I doubt it. It's probably just a one, week one fluke. Uh, maybe the Eagles really won't do anything. I don't know. But yeah, Carson Wentz. It's definitely not time to ship him out yet. I think he's really really solid, uh, and I think a lot of teams could use him as a as a starter for sure. Yeah, I would not take Nick Foles over over Carson Wentz. No way. No way. Now let's talk about the Browns. The Browns, oh my, the Browns disappointed me big time, big time. I know they're playing the the Ravens, so there's hope that they're going to do better. Look, I, I watched some of the game. I watched some of the highlights. They did not seem that bad to me at first. I actually don't know how the score got blown apart so bad. I thought they were playing pretty well. They were stopping Lamar occasionally. They just couldn't score, man, after that first touchdown. They just could not find a way to score. Odell Beckham had a couple of drops. Does he even want to be on that team anymore? I mean, I feel like that's that's a question every single year. Everybody's always like, Odell is on his way out. Odell re- demands a trade. Odell wants to be out. T- enough, all right? Enough unless he's actually going to do it. Let's let's be real here. I, I don't think he's going to do it. Maybe he's going to do it. Who knows what Odell I mean, the guy apparently likes to get pooped on, so... Yeah, weird, weird stuff from Odell. I don't think he's in the right headspace, but... Listen, oh my God, the Browns disappointed me. I really want to see them do well. I really do. I'm hoping and I'm praying... That they do better against Cincinnati, which by the time I post this will have been last night. Because I'm I'm recording this right now on a Thursday. So yeah, Browns, you gotta pick it up. If if you really lose to the to the Bengals, I'll be very disappointed. Which as I'm recording this, I don't know, but I'll find out tomorrow. So we'll see. As of when I post this. So we're we're time stuff there, but yeah, Browns, I hope you do better. You have all the weapons to do so. You have a solid, really solid defense. You have a really great offense, just great offensive weapons. Baker Mayfield, I know he had that pick early, but listen, I saw the pick. It wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, come on, the ball came out of his receiver's hands just about to hit the ground, and it was just a great catch. It was just a great catch by Marlon Humphrey. Browns, hope you pick it up. I hope again that was a week one fluke. I hope, I hope. And the and the Ravens are probably what most people think is the best team in the league behind the behind the Chiefs. So I don't want to look into it too much because you know week one team is a lot different than a week seventeen team. We all know that. You know, end of the season, you got to well. Let me rephrase that. Week one team is different than a week thirteen team, because sometimes week seventeen, you know, players get to sit out and stuff at the playoffs. But yeah. Beginning of the season to the mid to the near end of the season is always gonna be different. Always gonna be different. You can't you can't expect a team to play like a team will never play in week one how they're gonna play later on. And I firmly believe that. So Browns, please, I hope you do better. I wanna see big things from you. Browns, you know what? Funny thing actually, just doing a sim of Madden, just running the season. You know, I'm trying to rebuild the Texans. I was. I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. They suck. But Browns won the Super Bowl. So, hey, if you guys can repeat, I would love to see the Browns win the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen either just because of the Browns. Not even because they don't have the talent. It's just that they're the Browns. So, anyway, that's enough talk about the Browns. I've probably said the word Browns about 500 times already. So, let's keep moving on. I'm just going to talk about the Panthers and the Raiders real quick. I don't want to talk about the Raiders too much because that's my team. I don't want to seem biased, but they played really well. I hope to God their defense could play better because their pass rush was literally non-existent, literally non-existent. Uh, I think what they were doing though was trying to play to stop McCaffrey. Um, when Teddy Beach started to throw, when he had some success with that, they tried to, you know, run a little, run a couple blitzes, and they tried to play a little bit more to the pass and try to defend the pass because they really did not know what Matt Rule and uh, the new offense was going to run. With, you know, like I said, Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater. They did not know what to expect. So, I think when they backed off to protect the pass a little bit, that's when McCaffrey really broke out in the second half. So, hopefully, hey, hopefully their defense finds a better better luck when they play the Saints. Panthers, though. Panthers didn't look too bad, and it could have just been the Raiders' defense that made them look like this. But listen, McCaffrey, the bell cow that he is, I think the best running back in the league easily. So good, dude. So ridiculously good. The guy... That team, the Panthers team, would literally not be who they are. And they would have not even came close to competing against the Raiders the other day if they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. And I think that's going to be the tale to take for the rest of the season. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to put the goddamn team on his back and say, you know what, let's get this done. Let's get this done. I think that's what he's going to do. Because he was literally, uh, he's so fun to watch, dude. So fun to watch. He just finds ways to get open all the time. Passing. Finds easy running lanes with his offensive line. Who played better? I, I thought they were going to be an average offensive line, which I guess they kind of were, because they weren't playing a fantastic, like I said, pass rush from the Raiders that game. But man, he was running all over the place. I love first half. He was a little slow. He did start slow, but he found his groove second half, and he played so well. So watch out for this Panthers team. That was my preseason prediction. If you saw the last podcast, I said Panthers are going to win the division. And you know what? After seeing this game, even though they lost, I stick I stick by that, because they put up what thirty points, I think pretty sure Raiders won 30 they put up 30 points that's solid that's real solid and I didn't realize that uh how talented their wide receiver group is actually I think they got you know Debo Samuel they got uh Robbie Anderson who's good you know like I said Christian McCaffrey always you always get Christian McCaffrey so yeah watch out for the Panthers that's all I gotta say about that Seahawks Quick mention to the Seahawks. I mean, me and Sean talked about this about Jamal Adams in our last one. Jamal Adams was lighting people up. He was all over the field. Literally every play, he was there. Uh, he had a sack. So he, he had a lot of fun. and, and uh, Good for him, I guess. I think the Seahawks are going to be a real force to reckon with this season. I think they're going to probably win the division. Originally, I thought about the Cardinals, which I'm going to get to them in a minute, too. Yeah, they're actually coming up uh, in two in in two topics, in one and then the second topic from now. But, yeah, Cardinals Cardinals have a shot too, but 49. Uh, I'll talk about the Cardinals more now when I get to that. But, yeah, so Seahawks are going to be a real force to be reckoned with now that Russell Wilson actually has reliable weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Greg Olsen is all right, whatever. I mean, he's getting a little bit solid, solid, solid for sure. DK Metcalf it took him a little bit to heat up, but he did, and he played great, uh, you know. So it's a great team, good backs. They got a ton of backs, and now that they're healthy, God, if they can just stay healthy, all those backs that they got, they're going to be really, really good. And, of course, that offensive line just has to hold up. But I'm excited. I'm excited for the Seahawks. I think they're good. if they're going to win over the next, they're going to have to win over the next, like, I would say, two or three years until they're going to have to start reworking that team just because Russell Wilson's probably ah, Maybe not. Maybe Russell Wilson's going to pull Brady and stay around for freaking ever. He could. He's so good. Also, shout out to Russell Wilson because he's doing things that ESPN would blow up if Patrick Mahomes did it. If Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson were doing the things that Russell Wilson does, that Russell Wilson does in the daily, he would be huge because, you know, you go on there, Lamar is always doing good stuff, short, making nice plays, running out of the pocket, juking people. Patrick Mahomes throwing no-look passes, throwing these odd kind of weird angle off-the-back foot passes. Dude, Russell Wilson does that all the time. He gets no respect. Give the man his respect. Unlimited, right? Unlimited. That's what Russell Wilson always says, right? Unlimited. So yeah, he give that man his unlimited respect. Give him his respect that he deserves. Now let's talk about Cam Newton and the Patriots. This is going to be a fun one to talk about because I have a, 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 quite a few opinions about this. One, I'm glad they won. I've never said that in my life, but I'm actually kind of glad the Patriots won because Tom Brady lost. And I hate Tom Brady almost more than I hate Bill Belichick. Because Bill Belichick, I respect for being the best coach. Tom Brady gets way overhyped because Tom Brady's not that good. He gets bailed out sometimes by his defense. Like that that, that year against the Rams, he got bailed out because his defense was incredible. The Patriots defense was absolutely incredible. And Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. So when you've got the best coach of all time, you're going to have to have a quarterback who succeeds. The quarterback is going to succeed if you've got the best coach of all time, and that is Bill Belichick. I mean, it was kind of evident, too, in the game that they Patriots just played with Cam Newton. Cam Newton had a great game. Broke out of the pocket. I think he had two rushing touchdowns, right? I don't think he had three. I think he had two, though. Moving around well. He looked great. Now, the concerning thing that I had with the Patriots is that the Dolphins kind of fought back a little bit. If anybody saw that, it was it was around, I think it was the fourth quarter. No, th- the third quarter. It was in the third quarter, I think. Pretty sure it was in the third quarter. So what happened was, Can throws a pass to Nikhil Harry, who has an easy touchdown, and uh, Jerome Baker, who I think is pretty underrated, I think Jerome Jerome Baker's a really solid linebacker, really solid player. Uh, forced a fumble on Akil Harry, the ball rolled into the end zone, touchback, Dolphins ball. Dolphins went down and scored, and they got a two point conversion. The man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan freaking Fitzmagic, my boy, my freaking boy, love that guy. Um, had a touchdown. Let's see what it was. It was second goal. Yeah, Jordan Howard. Okay, so that, I, and I like that signing by them too. By the way, Jordan Howard's a really really good fit. I think good good call, good call, in in uh, Miami. Good pickup for Miami. But yeah, Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic. That's right, Fitzmagic the goat charged his team down the field. Scored. It was eleven to 14. 11 to fourteen at one point. This was in the fourth quarter as well. I thought I thought the Dolphins had a chance to come back, and if they did. That would be incredible. By the way, Brian Flores, I think is going to be a great coach. I'm really excited to see Brian Flores coach. Just for the fact that he's been able to do things with this Dolphins team, a Dolphins team that is really didn't have that much talent on it. It was pretty washed. He's been able to do some really impressive things with them. And I think after I would, I would give them till next year or two years, even let Tua start next year, get some more weapons for Tua build up that defense a little bit more. They're going to be really solid. I'm excited. Miami. Um, And then, you know, Pats went down, they scored, and then Fitzpatrick threw a pick. So I was a little worried, though, for a second. I was like, wow, Patriots really not looking the same, you know, making mistakes. Bill Belichick hates mistakes. Making mistakes and, you know, only up by three. You know, and then and then they obviously came back. But it was a little concerning, and I wonder what's going to happen when they – because the, the Dolphins really aren't that good right now. They're a little below average. They're not – I wouldn't consider them bad. They're just below average. They're rebuilding. The Patriots, though, when they play a team with real talent, I wonder how that's going to go. And I feel like they're going to definitely get handed a couple losses this year. I can see them – they're going to lose the division, I think, to the Bills, obviously. I can see them going around maybe maybe 10-6, and 9-7. and 7. And now that's not a bad year for everybody else, but by Patriot standards, that's bad. Um, I could see them doing that for sure. Listen, 11-5, maybe. I I, I think it's going to hurt them because I think they're rebuilding in the way that the Patriots would, which is not tearing everything down, keeping the pieces that you have, making it work for a little bit. Also, we have to remember that a lot of Patriots opted out. I want to say it was like six to eight starters opted out, which is pretty crazy. But yeah. Let's see how they play. I mean, I think they're kind of in a weird rebuilding stage, which is the Patriots type. But that's what I was saying. It's just you know keep the players you have and build from there. Get get the talent you can, which is like you know grabbing Cam Newton. They have Nikhil Harry, who's solid. They'll probably make a couple pickups here and there. They'll make a couple uh, a couple late round picks. You know rounds three, four, five. That are gonna be real real solid players. They'll probably trade a first for somebody like they did a couple years ago when they had Brandon Cooks. Probably do stuff like that. You know you you know how it goes. You uh, know. New England. Now, since we're talking about New England, I want to take this chance to segue into some Tom Brady talk. So, Tom Brady, in his first start, he played the Saints. Now, I knew the Saints were going to win. The Saints, now, I know I had some criticism of the Saints in my last podcast, but the Saints are still the Saints. I mean, I knew that they were probably going to beat Brady. Now, Brady kind of had a better day yards-wise than Drew Brees, but let, let me read you Tom Brady's, his, uh, stats for the day 23 to 36 not terrible that's that's pretty solid that's that's good 239 yards again solid that's that's certainly good two touchdowns two picks two touchdowns two picks not the ideal tom brady that you usually see in week one for some reason they didn't give the ball to leonard fournette at all which was a, a really odd thing in my opinion they got ronald jones they gave the ball to him and that's something against this guy, Ronald Jones, you know. But Leonard Fournette, I think, is really good. And I think he gets a lot of, not a lot of hate, but a lot of disrespect. Like, let the man start the game. Come on. Come on. Um, look at their receivers. Uh, some some guys had decent games. What about Gronk? Gronk was 2 of 11. Yeah, the guy's washed. If he gets hit too hard, he's going to get brain damage for sure. Oh, my God. What? Oh, <laughs> I saw Jay oh, – oh, I read that one. My bad, my bad, my bad. I saw Jay Watson. I thought it was Jay Winston. And I was like, yo. Michael Thomas, one reception for two yards. What an awful day for him. Chris Godwin, 79 yards. So, yeah, uh, Scotty Miller, their wide receiver. O.J. Howard, 36 yards. This team really didn't perform well at all. Really not. I mean, they put up 23 points for sure, but really did not perform well at all. Tom Brady had a rush and a touchdown. But, yeah, I think Tom Brady's washed, and I've said that before. I think it was a mistake for Tampa Bay to sign him because Tom Brady's getting so old. How long do you expect him to throw the football the way that he used to? Come on. He's been showing age for years. He's been showing age since he won that Super Bowl against the Rams. Let's be completely honest. Let's be completely honest. He's been showing age since then. He's always been having a hard time. Not as a hard time as Peyton Manning did in that Super Bowl that he won against the Panthers because, my God, Peyton could barely throw the ball 20 yards without turning into a dead duck. But Tom Brady's getting up there in age. I I just don't think they should assign him and and bet it on him to be their starting quarterback. I think that was not a great decision. And we can't forget, like I said, me and Sean were saying this, how bad the Buccaneers' defense is. It really is not that great. But the Saints had a good day. Good for them. They won. They got a week one win. Hopefully they get a week two loss against the Raiders. Let's go Raider Nation, baby. I don't want to be too biased, but let's go Raiders. Michael Thomas is hurt, I think. So that's good for us. But yeah, Tom Brady. Look, Tom Brady... If you continue to have games like this for us this season, it's just going to prove people, like me, right when I said that you were washed and the only reason that you were as good as you are is because of Bill Belichick. We'll see if that proves to be true. I think that's exactly what's going to happen, but hey, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Uh, I, I pushed this back just because I was talking about the Patriots, but here you go, I'm going to talk about the Cardinals. Whoa, the Cardinals, right? Surprising. I think a lot of people... Didn't have high expectations for them, and I kind of did. I was actually really, like I said, considering picking them as the winners of their division. Yeah, over the Seahawks and over the 49ers. Right? Come on. I don't know. That's probably a little crazy. They're, they're I think they're going to come in second. Maybe. They're, I think they'll be at the 49ers. are going to be at the Rams. The Rams aren't that good. I don't know how they got that win against the Cowboys. I'll get to that, too. But let me read these stats to you because, my God, Kyler Murray ran for 91 yards and 12 rushes. He averaged 7 yards a carry. Goddamn, I see you, Kyler. DeAndre Hopkins paying his dues, I guess, uh, generously, generously coming forward and saying, you know what, you guys traded some stuff for me, right? Y- y'all were- y'all really wanted me, right? I'm, I'm going to show you how much I wanted to be here and get off that stupid team coached by Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien is not a good coach. But he's like, you know what, let me show up for y'all. Game one, week one, let's make a splash. He went for 151 yards. Jesus, my guy, relax. Relax. 14 reception, 151 yards, averaging 10 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, which does suck. But he went off. Woo! Love to see it. Love to see it from you, DeAndre. Larry Fitz, I mean, 34 yards. But why even have to give it to somebody else? Why do you have to give it to somebody else? You don't. You don't. And Kyler decided, you know what, I won't. I won't. He said, I'll give it to DeAndre the whole game. That's what he did. the 49ers, I think they are not going to be as good as they were. I think last year was their one year to win the Super Bowl. They lost it. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is overrated and overpaid. Listen, this will be all right probably, but I think this first loss to the Cardinals just shows that the type of team they are. They could be inconsistent. And I think they're going to have a hard time. Well, wow, Brandon, I is Brandon, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk might be hurt actually, because I'm just looking at the stats. He didn't get a catch or anything. I mean, maybe he didn't get open at all, but, huh, I wonder. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Sorry, I don't know that. I didn't, didn't prep that in time. I feel like he might be actually. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, oh, that's another weird thing too. Did anybody notice how many inactives there were in Week One? Big name guys too. Big name players. A lot of rookies. A lot of rookie quarterbacks. I mean, I know they usually. Make a quarterback inactive, but still it was weird to see. I mean, there were so many inactives, and I don't know why. I don't think a lot of them were hurt because of camp. I mean, maybe there was a lot of guys that were hurt, right? Week one, I feel like there were a lot of guys who came out mid-game. Like Jesus, did you guys need the preseason games to ready your body up? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I never played in the preseason. I never played an NFL game, so I don't think I'd really know. But moving on, I mentioned the Cowboys before, and let's let's stay in the in the West here, because I was some of the Cowboys, and I did mention the Rams. So the Cowboys uh, were winning that game, and they were playing well. Uh, actually, no, they were, they were on their way to come back. That's what it was. I'm sorry. So the Rams were winning the game. Cowboys were trying to come back, and they called a P.I. They called a P.I. on Gallup. Now, I watched this P.I. myself. My uncle actually told me about it because I didn't watch the game. And I was like, oh, wow, the Rams actually won. Because I don't think the Rams are really that good of a team at all. But I will say Aaron Donald is an absolute beast. And let me, let me just go off on that real quick before I get to the Cowboys. Aaron Donald was throwing around double teams and triple teams. Are you kidding me? The guy was—he's got to be on something, dude. He's got to be on something. He's got to be got. He's got the Infinity Stones or something. This guy was ridiculous. He's got to be on that Bane Venom, that Bane Venom. You know, what I'm talking about Batman fans. Bane, the Venom. He's on it because he was throwing people around like they were nothing. Big, or bad offensive linemen. The offensive linemen on the Cowboys, mind you, those bigums, throwing them like they were rag dolls. Jesus, I think he destroyed Zeke, too. I think he, like, picked him up and threw him, like, three yards to four yards, five yards. Oh, my God, dude, an animal. An absolute animal. So much fun to watch, seriously. Seriously, so much fun to watch. So, yeah, anyway, though, as I was saying, my uncle, uncle told me, and he was like, yo, you got to see what happened. Like, tell me what you think about this pass interference. So I watched it, and, man, that was a pretty bad call. It's football. You you gotta expect some grabbing, you gotta ex- expect a little bit of push. And they called this this call on Gallup where he had his right hand on the shoulder of I think it was I don't know if it was Jalen Ramsey, actually. My memory fails me right now. I think it might have been Jalen Ramsey though. I think it was Ramsey. Gave him a little the smallest nudge. It was nothing. It's the common it happens in every reception in the NFL deep balls. When you're running, you're trying to get that separation off your guy. And they called a P.I., and the Cowboys ended up losing. I really wasn't a big fan of that. That just goes to show that refs, I mean, in this league are still not great, and they still don't know how to call pass interferences for the life of them. God, you got to get some new blood in there, because some of these refs are God-freaking-awful, man, God-awful. I know the NFL has always tried to make efforts to improve it, but it was a terrible call. Cowboys should have been able to go down and win the game. And I, I don't think that first loss is really telling of the Cowboys because I think they are gonna win the division this year. So, but yeah, Rams. I mean, who knows? Maybe they are gonna be a little bit better than I thought. Aaron Donald certainly is an absolute force, like I said. So yeah, weird weird stuff. Weird stuff. Week one. Expecting you know you always expect bad calls, but that was a bad call. So that that's everything I pretty much had slated to talk about when it came to the NFL. That was a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. I love I love talking to NFL as I always say. This that was just a recap of some of the storylines that I thought of that I want us to talk about from week one of the NFL. Now, real quick, let's just talk a little, 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 little bit about baseball. What I want to talk about, it's going to be a little biased here now. Sorry about that. Ho- hopefully, I got some Yankee fans in here that are listening. Yankees, they're gaining momentum again, thank God. They were terrible. Let's be completely honest. Instead of the Bronx bummers, they were the goddamn Bronx bummers. Instead of the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, sorry. I think I gave myself... I tongue twisted myself. Instead of the Bronx Bombers, they were the goddamn Bronx Bombers. Terrible. Terrible to watch. Everybody's getting hurt. Glaber's out hurt. Judge is out hurt. Stanton, as usual... No, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. He was out hurt. Gio Ursula was out hurt. They were running on fumes, this team. DJ LeMahieu got... he He was hurt, too. Oh, my God. Can anybody on the team stay healthy? You got Luke Voigt running around the bases with a bum ankle. Poor guy. He's the only one healthy. And, man, Gary Sanchez just sucks. I mean, he, he might as well be hurt because he's useless. Finally, though, they're starting to come back. I mean, I know Glaber's been out for the past few games, but uh, it's just been rest. I hope it's just rest, even though he missed, like, three or four games. It's just odd, but I, I'm sure he's fine. But Judge is back. Stanton is back. Now, I know Stanton's game, first game back. He went 0-4 with a walk. Which kinda sucks. Nice job, Stanton. Way to make a big explosive back. Gio Arshula though had a huge game. I think he went th- three of four and had a walk. He had a couple he had a double or two. He was eaten. Shout out, and I mentioned him before above my ankle. Luke Voigt. I love that man so much. I literally love that man so much. Guy's a king, used to be a little chubby, used to be on a heftier side, that's why I related to him. We both had our hernias around the same time, and we both got our hernias repaired at the same time. So shout out to my boy Luke, I feel like we're connected in some way, even though we're not. I think he lost some weight, he's shaped up. Good for you, chubby guy, you lost some weight. I'm really proud of you, actually, and this is not being sarcastic at all. I was really proud of Luke Voigt. Ever since he lost that weight, I feel like he's been balling out. He's actually the home run leader, I think he hit another home run yesterday, or tonight. No, the, the game happened. The game might have happened happen the day today. I don't know. But he's got 19 home runs. He's the home run leader in the league, which is awesome. That's great because everybody, you know, who would think it was going to be Luke Voigt? I and mean, Aaron Judge was on his way. He was leading early, early on this year in like, you know, uh, August, July. I mean, yeah, in August he was leading until he got hurt. But my man Luke Voigt said, hold on. Even though I got a bum ankle, I got us. And I'll carry us. So, yeah, it's really awesome seeing see the Yanks heating up. Debbie Garcia is cool. Um, he's making his way into the lineup. And I know Paxton's out again. That might be a good thing. I wasn't always high on James Paxton. My buddy Bob, big fan of James Paxton. He always thought James Paxton was going to heat up like he was last year, towards the end of the year. But yeah, I think Debbie Garcia is a more solid starter for us in the future. And I know he has given up a couple runs, but he's a young, young pitcher. Uh, he'll be solid. I mean, this, this Yankees pitching rotation is probably better than what we've had. Last year, it definitely is. I mean, you got Garrett Cole. Tanaka's playing pretty well. we got Devi now. Jay Happ, you know, he's Jay Happ, but what can you do about that? Thinking about next year, though, real quick, the Yankees. Now I'm thinking about pitchers. This is going to be the Yankees' pitching staff hopefully next year. Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, Domingo Herman, Luis Severino, and I'm James Paxson if he comes back. Devi Garcia, I'd get rid of Jay Happ, but maybe James Paxson, but I'd do Devi Garcia. That's your five right there. Oh my god, that's a killer pitching staff right there. And you got your ace, Garrett, Cole. I mentioned him, but God, he's been killing it. I think over the past three starts, he only gave up two runs. The guy's the guy's he's tuning in right now. He knows playoffs are near. He smells it in the air. Mmm. He said, Give me that. I want the playoffs to come right now. Let's go. I'm hyped too, Garrett. I know. I know. Relax though. Relax. Just go off. Just go off. Don't tire yourself out, though. Let's go off in the playoffs. Let's win the coronavirus World Series. Am I right? Let's do it. But sh- sh- for sure, for sure, uh, love to see this Yankees team heating up. They got 20 runs the other day, uh, two days ago. They got, I think they got 13 last night, 12, 13, 14 maybe, 14 runs, something like that. So it seems like they're back to their, their form of being the Bronx Bombers and not the Bronx Bombers, thank God. In other news, the White Sox did make the playoffs. They've been playing well. Uh, I think they won today, so I have to update my stat. Last night I wrote this down. In their last 11 games, they won 10. Ten of their last eleven, they won. Now I think it should be eleven of the last twelve because I think they won today when they clinched that playoff spot. So go White Sox, good for you guys, good for you. You guys never get the respect you deserve, my Ever since ever since that Black Sox scandal, right? I mean, it's been it's been a rough ride. But no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm really proud. Of, I'm happy for the White Sox. I love when teams who don't really have a rep like the Yankees or the Red Sox make it somewhere. That's why it's cool to see the the Tampa Bay Rays in the lead lead. Of the division, even though that is the Yankees division, it's cool to see. You know, I like when small teams make it far. That's like you know when I was talking about earlier in the show, the Heat and the the Nuggets make it to the to the chi- to the finals. That's awesome. I just love seeing teams that nobody hypes up and that nobody really cares about. I know that's kind of rude. Maybe I, I, teams care. People care about them, but teams that you know nobody expected to do well and they are. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for them. So go you White Sox. And real quick. Before I close this out, let me just shout out to Jojo Romero, pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. So, for those of you who don't know, guy's got long hair, beard, mustache, all that. You know how it goes. He comes out of the bullpen yesterday. I kid you not. He comes out of the bullpen, has a sugar-free Red Bull, chugs it. Like, all right, that's already weird enough, right? Like, who chugs a Red Bull as they're walking out of the bullpen? Instead of just throwing it away or leaving in the bullpen... Dude smashes it on his glove, smashes it, and puts it in his pocket and runs out like a unit. And he's like, gets, he's like ah! Like, dude, oh my god, if I was a bad I'd be like, yo, that's it, that's game. He's gonna wipe us out right now, he's gonna strike us all out. Man's chugging a Red Bull, sugar-free Red Bull. God, that's, I'd be a little scared and smashing it like that. Now, if he smashed it on his head, that would have been a little, a little bit more impressive and a little bit more intimidating. But it's alright, JoJo, you do that next time. Don't hurt yourself, though. So... Yeah, just an appreciation for him, right? That was awesome. Really cool. Really cool to see. I love seeing weird stuff about the players. Also, a weird thing that the MLB did... I don't know if I mentioned this last time in one of my podcasts, but... I saw them doing an interview with uh, Fernando Tatis. That was really cool. Uh, they were interviewing him while he was playing on the field, which is like the oddest thing, right? But they hooked a mic up to him, almost like a mic'd up NFL thing. And he was like, you know, sitting in his position... And he's like talking like yeah you know our team's been doing well blah 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 and then all of a sudden a ball gets hit and he's just like Ugh! and you hear him like running and you see him like slide catch and he throws it in, and then he just continues the conversation that is so funny and so cool at the same time that like you got to do that more you got to get more more players like that I would love to see them Mike up Aaron Judge like that in the outfield you know I mean that'd be great to see that'd be so much fun just do, I mean you can't do it to Mike Trout because the guy would just talk about weather the whole time he's obsessed with the weather it's like a weird infatuation that he has that's why he's he's not really marketable he's like the best literally the best player in the MLB, but just not marketable, because he has no personality, and all he cares about is the weather, the AccuWeather forecasts, so, fun fact about him, in case you didn't know that, but yeah, I think that'd be really, really cool, they should start doing that more, really should start doing that more, but, you know what, guys, that's that's all I had lined up today, that was a great show, I had, actually, this is probably one of the, the most fun I've had on a show, I feel like I really, I'm getting the hang of this now, so, Uh, for all of you who have started from the beginning, thanks for sticking with me. I think I'm, like I said, I'm getting the hang of it, doing a better job, not slipping over my words as much, having a lot more fun with it, having a lot more freedom with it. So it's a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I've mentioned this over the past two or three weeks, I think. Next guest I'm going to have on, it's going to be big, it's going to be right after the Adesanya fight. Adesanya versus Acosta. Not this upcoming Saturday, but the Saturday after that, so September 26th, Adesanya v. Acosta. They're going to be fighting, and I'm going to have my boy, my boy, Dan O'Neal, coming on here from the hometown. We're going to be breaking down the UFC. We're going to be talking about that whole fight card. We're going to talking about Adesanya. We're talking about Acosta. And we're going to talk about uh, Gaethje versus Khabib and make our predictions for that. Probably going to talk about a bunch of other stuff, too, when it comes to, you know, maybe we'll mention the NFL because he's an NFL guy. Maybe we'll talk about that. We'll see. Uh, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? Nobody telling this. Unless, you, unless you're listening, Dan. I don't know if you are. I'm going to ask him what he thinks about the Packers. We're going to get him started on that. Maybe, maybe. So it's a little teaser. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. We'll see. We'll see. But stay tuned for that for sure because that's going to be a really fun show. Dan knows a lot about the UFC. He loves it. He's always on them Reddit, those subreddits about the UFC watching videos. He's always sending me videos. You know, check out this fight, check out this fight, check out this fight. So for sure, stay tuned for that. Uh, like I said, thank you so much for listening. If you've been listening this whole time, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, follow me. On Twitter, at CouchCoachCon, uh, spelled like, you know, Couch, Coach, Coach with K, and then Con, C-O-N. So, at CouchCoachCon, follow me on Twitter. Uh, stay up to date. I'm, I'm trying to get more regular with my posting, just random tweets about my opinions on things. Going to try to do another article for there, maybe about the NBA, maybe about the Clippers, um, maybe about the Heat, actually. because So, if the, if the Heat win, or if they go up, like, 2-0 or 3-1 or 2, uh, 3-0. I'll probably do Even if they win the series, I'll do some on the Heat for sure. But I might do something on the Nuggets as well. It's just about Jokic. So stay tuned for that too. Um, yeah, so definitely check out my website. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the link to my website if you want to check that out. And I'm trying to get better. I know I keep mentioning YouTube and how I'm trying to get stuff onto YouTube. It's been a real learning process for me. I don't know how quickly I'm going to get it up there. It's just that I'm really trying to learn uh, Adobe After Effects. Uh, me and my friend, my housemate, have been working on it and working on trying to... I made an intro, but I have to figure out templates and how to make it look prettier when you're doing Zoom. Also, I'm I'm going to try to get a webcam for myself soon so that you can not only hear me, but you could also watch me on YouTube. And then that will make it a lot easier too because it will just look nice and I'll have some fun content for the YouTube and I'll throw in some templates and whatever we'll we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes um i don't make any promises though but for sure stay tuned for all of that i'm super excited super excited this is so much fun doing all this i just love talking about sports so everyone i said it about a thousand times but thank you for coming here and i hope to see you again pretty soon on the couch